Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I am commissioned to go. You're commissioned to go. Here's the problem. Moses was available. Would you say Moses is available? He's sitting there with, ah, Moses is available. There's nobody else around but some crazy animals. Moses is available. Here's the question. Is Moses willing? Would you say you're available? Say yes. There you are. You're here. The question is, am I willing? It's funny that people who don't know God think that he's some kind of bully, making people do things they don't want to do, that he imposes his will on them. If you've had a relationship with God for any length of time, you know that it's quite the opposite. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about Moses and God's call on his life. You'll hear about the choice that Moses had to make, which was a difficult one. You'll learn that God's desire for a relationship takes second place to his giving you free will. You'll hear about the challenge of the obligation of the Christ follower to obey Jesus' commands. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 3 as he continues his message, The Great I Am is Concerned About Us. In this world, ever since sin came, we are not the solution to the problem of sin and Satan. God is the solution. Divine intervention is needed. Now that verse that you read there, if you'd like to write in your Bible, write in the margin, you can write this. The New Testament verse that is exactly the same principle is Colossians 1.13. What is this one speaking about? It's not about Israel, but it's about a divine intervention that man couldn't solve his problem. What was man's problem? Sin. No way for us to solve it. Bondage, which Egypt is a picture of spiritual bondage. Here it is in Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us, just like God did the Israelites from the Egyptians, from the kingdom of darkness, and he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we know from the book of Hebrews that Jesus was actually, the verse that tells us in Hebrews, a better deliverer than Moses because it was spiritual. It was forever. The Exodus deliverance was a picture of what Jesus Christ was going to do for you and I. Notice, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Verse 10. So now, circle this little word, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out 
of Egypt. Now, Moses, no doubt, is surprised that God was giving him a second chance. But this command from God, let's think about this for a moment. This command from God was not multiple choice. How many like to have multiple choice from God? Sorry. He's God and we're not. So this is a command. This isn't like, well, what would you like to do, Moses? What's your timing, Moses? The command is a simple, direct command. It's not multiple choice. Go, I'm sending you. Just write that down. I don't have my notes, but you and I need to write that down. When we talked about one of the fruit of the Spirit is to share boldly our faith, what is that? That's this command. You're going to see in a moment, it's exactly the same command. Go, notice that go is an active go. I'm sending you. We don't go on our own. We go sent from God. Number two, write down, you will bring my people out of bondage. You will bring my people out of bondage. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't bring anybody out of bondage. No, you can put in parentheses, God with you will bring people out of bondage. We never do. Without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all those things that God asks us to do. So that's the simple command given it's direct, it's not complicated. It's a personal call. I think something else is very important. You don't see in the next verse, God says to Moses, okay, you have a little time now, your feet are a little burning, you're not going anywhere. What do you think of my plan, Moses? What do you think? You giving it up? You know, Facebook, you giving it up or do you give it down? God isn't interested in that. His plans are always what? Perfect. We know from Romans, his will is good and perfect. So I didn't say to Moses, well, here's the three things. I'm going to be with you. You're going to deliver the people out. And by the way, you have to go. I'm sending you. What do you think, Mo? Up or down? Doesn't ask him. He just tells him to go. Now, I like that. I'm a guy that plans a lot. I do a lot of plans. That's kind of my nature. So I plan this and that and where we're going and how we're going to do all that. But I've learned this very young. And I still learn it. Proverbs 16.9 says this. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I've had to change like one billion times. But that's good. Now you say, well, I'm not a planner. Well, then you'll accomplish about the same amount. You need to be a planner. God's into our plans. But we have to be flexible. Moses didn't have any plans. He was shocked. So, once again... God's choice to change the world is interesting. Remember the first thing you wrote? God said, I'm sending you. Why didn't God say, I will go with this. Click. And the children of Israel will be on the outside of Egypt. Already plunged all the silver. Everything's with them. Moses, all I'm asking you to do is take the bypass to Egypt. Meet them on the outside. Now, now you take them into the promised land. He doesn't do that. He says, I'm sending you. Now, when you think about that, do we see that anywhere else? I'm going to ask you to keep your finger there. I'm going to ask you to turn to places you know, but I want you to see it. You need to see God and how he works. Let's turn to Matthew 28. You could say it by heart, but that's okay. I want you to see it. Matthew 28, verse 19. 
let me just say this. Before we read it, here's what some people think. That only, only pastors are called to go. Only elders are called to go. And then sometimes we can complicate it. Well, Pastor Mark, there's got to be this super, super calling from God. This is the super, super calling from God. There's no church needed. There's no anointing needed. There's no special service needed. If you're a Christian, this is God's commandment commissioning for you. You're commissioned, you're sent, and it's from God. You don't need any kind of fanfare. No, here it is. Look at it. Therefore, what's the next word? Go. And make disciples. Who's he writing this to? Every disciple of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And by the way, same thing he's going to say to Moses. And surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. Now as we begin to do that, God will open up opportunities to go. Turn to Acts 8.29. Let me show you that. Because sometimes we say, well, I'm anxious. Don't need to be anxious. Look at this. Acts 8.29. Remember, Philip left a revival of masses of people. And God said, I want you to go to the desert. Philip didn't have any idea why he was going to the desert. He goes out there and he sees this chariot going by with an Ethiopian eunuch who was confused. He'd been to Jerusalem, didn't understand Judaism, was looking for the answers to life, didn't find it a religion. So he doesn't know. And notice what the Spirit says to him in verse 29. The Spirit told Philip, say the word with me. Go to that chariot and stay near it. There's the call again. Now go to Acts 9.15. Maybe one of the most powerful commissionings, even shocking to us, for sure, Shocking to Paul, who was formerly Saul, who didn't believe in Jesus at all. Remember when Paul goes blind here, what happens? He goes blind into Damascus. God comes to just an ordinary, just like you and me, just an ordinary disciple named Ananias. And notice what he says in verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry out my name before the Gentiles and their kings, and before the people of Israel. Here's what I want you to write. Go. God's commissioning words to every single Christ follower. There's no meeting necessary. There's no special anointing necessary. There's no church kind of deal going. Sometimes we send missionaries out. Yes, sometimes we send pastors out to start a church. That's a whole different thing. This is the commissioning of disciples to make disciples. This is the standard way it goes. It isn't unique. It's for every single one of you and me. And remember, that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Paul later would say, I want to go to Rome so I can see converts like I've seen everywhere else. So God wants to use me and God wants to use you to deliver the good news. Now, there's no question you couldn't debate this I am commissioned to go. You're commissioned to go. Here's the problem. Moses was available. Would you say Moses is available? 
He's sitting there with, ah, Moses is available. There's nobody else around but some crazy animals. Moses is available. Here's the question. Is Moses willing? Would you say you're available? Say yes. There you are. You're here. The question is, am I willing? That's the problem in these new believers who haven't been mature long. There's always going to be somebody else that can do it. I I can't do it. I, I don't have that ability to do it. If we use that excuse, none of us would be in ministry. But we do it because God equips us. You'll see that. How do I know that's going to be a problem? Verse 11. Whenever you see a response to God that starts with but, we've already told you what that means. But Moses says to God, who am I? That's a great question. Who am I? It's actually one of life's greatest questions. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? Where will I go when I die? Now, this isn't a bad thing. You don't see in the very next verse, as you've gone back to Exodus, you don't see in the very next verse, basically God goes, why are you asking me that stupid question? It's okay to ask God a question, but you want to listen to God's answer. God loves to answer our questions, and he gave us a book that does just that. By the way, most of those answers are here. Of course, Moses doesn't have that. Now, when you begin to think about that, the Bible tells us who we are and why we were created and what we're supposed to do. Psalm 139, this is why we're against abortion, because abortion is murder. I think 50 million have been murdered in the United States since the law was changed. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, the conception is when birth starts. God had a plan. He had a plan for you. Every day. Now, notice Ephesians 2.10. goes right along with it. 8 and 9 is our salvation. 10 is the good works. That's the fruit we talked about In John 15, the fruit of good works. Notice, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. How long ago? How old are you? Moses is 80. He planned for more than 80 years before Moses. How old are you? That's how long he planned it plus. So notice, there's not a question about if God has a plan for us. Moses is saying, Like, who am I? You got the wrong person. He doesn't have the wrong person. Look at the rest of the verse. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What is Moses saying? I want you to write this down because we do this. I don't have a note for it, but I want you to write it down. Moses is saying that. I don't think I can do this. That's the excuse I give to God. Have you ever given that to God? I don't think I can do it. Get somebody else. I can't do that. Who else is God talking to? There's nobody else there. Moses. Yes, you can do it. 40 years ago, Moses might have been thinking, God, 40 years ago, I was your man. I was young. I was educated. I lived in Egypt. I thought I was the man then, but not now. For the last 40 years, I've been handling sheep. I forgot the language. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a nobody. Would you say that's true humility? Probably not. 
Or was Moses simply comfortable being a shepherd? Hmm. Verse 12. And God said, circle the little I, I will be with you. Notice God didn't say, Moses, that's the most stupid thing in the world. Moses says, I understand your question. Here's my answer. I will be be with you. Here's what I want you to write. God calls, if you want to write the word commission, it's a lot longer. God calls and commissions us, but then he also equips us. See, God never calls you to do something and not equipping you. If that's true, we all fail. Because I can't do what God calls me to do unless he shows up. It's impossible. Neither can you. So Hebrews 13, 21 says it like this. Great prayer. For those of you that struggle with being able to do what God calls you to do, I mean, there's a great balance between humility and pride. You know, after we get doing what God calls us to do, we can become very prideful. Then God will smack us down because he won't take second. And then we have to realize that without him, we are absolutely nothing. Notice what it says. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Christ Jesus every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to Mark forever and ever. Amen. No, you don't want to look at your mirror. You want to look to the heavens and say all glory to him forever and ever. So God's response to Moses is really this. Moses... You're exactly right. You can't do this. But I am going to do this with you. And because of that, Moses, you will be successful. I stand here as your pastor, as all the other pastors do and the elders, knowing that if I obey God and I operate in his strength, this church will accomplish what God wants. It's not me. That's God in me. I simply responded to the call. And that's what you do. And I have to do that day in, day out at McDonald's and Starbucks when I'm witnessing or sharing or however it works. Just ordinary life. See, what God is really saying to Moses, Moses, life is not about you. I already know that. I didn't come to you because you're like brilliant. I came to you because you're the one that has experience in Egypt. It's not wasted, as we talked about. None of that is wasted. I'm going to use you. And so here's two promises. Promise number one, write it down. Moses, I, God, will be with you. By the way, instead of Moses, put your name in there. Mark, I, God, will be with you. That's, that, to me, is a promise from God. Moses would learn to trust in the promises of God. God would never leave him. God will equip him. Now look at verse 12, the finish of it. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Here's the next thing I want you to write. Moses with me, the great I am, you will have success in the future. I was thinking about this a lot on Monday as I was finishing the study. When you have brought the people out of Egypt. Now, if I'm Moses, what's the question I'm asking? When is that going to be? God, 
We're here, my feet are hot, and you've given me a picture somehow down the road when all of this is over. Uh, You left a little bit in between out. How do I get two million people out of Egypt? Hello? God doesn't give them that right away. He just says a promise. Moses, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, I also like this, not if, but when. It's going to happen. It's already a done deal, Moses. I know the future. By the way, when you, not someone else, but you, the one I called. God calls and equips us. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what in the world does this have to do with us? We're not in Egypt. In fact, I wouldn't even want to be in Egypt. So what does this have to do with me? Well, do you remember our five C's here at the church? Here's what it has to do with you and I. Communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. That's how exactly it directly connects. See, he's going to share that there is a true God to a nation that's filled with pagans. And he's going to prove it supernaturally because God's going with him. That's what we have to do. Our nation is filled with people who don't know our God. We need to introduce them to our God. Outside these buildings, I was thinking about this. What did God see when he looked down at the Egyptians? People in bondage, people crying, people asking for help. What do you think is outside this building? Not just in New York, for sure in New York. But outside this building, there's thousands of people crying. They're in darkness. They're hurting. They can't make sense of life this way or that way. In our apartment complexes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools. They're looking for someone to help them. That's you and me. We've been called to do that. Now, as you think about that, I'm going to pray for us. Because I think we distance ourselves from those hurting people. Let me ask you a question this way, and we're going to pray. How many of you in the last six months were hurting yourself in your life? Can I say troubles and difficulties? Okay. Now, would you think that's any different outside this building? Hello? No different. What's different? Who do you have? A God who's promised never to what? Leave us or forsake us? Who do they have? No one. See, we forget. We go through it and we know how we even struggle. God, where are you? Did you forget me? They have no one. That's why we're to introduce them to those people. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that God's plans are perfect. Through the life of Moses, you saw that God knew what Moses was going to get into in Egypt and had prepared the way. You found out through this story that God's got your life planned in exactly the same way as he did Moses' life. What you need to do is to be sure to live in agreement with God's will. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes Pastor Mark's message, The Great I Am is Concerned About Us. Next time, he'll begin a new message called God Says I Am, The Great I Am. You'll hear about how God isn't looking for talent so much as he's seeking people who are willing to be used and who want to do God's will. You'll be challenged to evaluate yourself to see what group you fit in, the willing or the unwilling. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a herd